There it is right now. Let's see if it's up there right now. Can you hear me now? You should be able to hear me right now. Can you hear me now? Can you tell me if you can hear me? You should be able to hear me now. Maybe. Can you hear me? Yes, right on. So God bless you. So let's start over real quick. That's just a minor faux pas. That was an easy fix, actually. That was kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> so anyway, um, this is what's going on. How do, you, how do you deal with battle? This is where people are at. They're sick and tired of the battle. People are sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're sick and tired of having to be in this season that just keeps on going and going and going, feeling like it never goes anywhere. And so... That's not true, though. We know that God is taking us somewhere, right? We know that he has got a, a plan for you, a plan for me. And what I really, really think God is trying to work us all through. And I was thinking this while I was writing the Rev today. It's not even part of the message, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, part of the message for the Rev is actually about how you deal with these difficult warfare times. Because we knew it was going to be a season of war. We knew uh, that it's going to go on through... November, we know that it's going to happen like that. And so I believe the testing here then is how well do you keep on keeping on? How well do you do that? Do you get stuck in your emotions? Do you get stuck in the place of following your emotions wherever they lead you, doing whatever you feel like doing? Or are you one of these hearts that just says, you know what, God, you gave me a task. I'm going to stay on task. I'm going to finish the race. I'm going to finish the task that you've given me to do. And I'm going to follow you right on through. And that's part of the trust test, actually, where you trust him no matter what. You're content. You make yourself learn to be content in much, content in little, no matter what. You're learning to stay and move with the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night, and you're not letting your flesh get in the way. And by the way, this is the test of chamber four, which is part of today's topic. It's called the 15 minute of today. It's called transition. Keep time, soldier. Learn to keep time, soldier. And the unchecked heart. And I'm sorry, I forgot to change my background here for my own. Um, There's just a lot to keep up with right now. And so, again, hope you enjoy. I'll get it better for next week or for Friday. But um, the overview today. Hey, Susan Berger, how are you doing this afternoon? So contingent, contingent upon which level any leader serves on. This is where we're at internationally. And this happens on an international, federal, state, city, county, and personal level. That... Every time a leader passes, it can send a domino effect occurring throughout the entire earth. Did you know that? It can. Because the day that Queen Elizabeth died, I don't know about you, but the day afterwards, I sensed a huge shift spiritually. Did you sense that? Huge, huge shift spiritually. And I believe what it brought with it was a huge opportunity for the kingdom of God to come in or the kingdom of darkness to come in and try to take its place. And that's what happens every time a leader leaves the scene or doesn't fulfill its obligation, doesn't fulfill destiny. I'm not saying that she didn't because she did. But this is the this is the reasoning and this is the importance of us all being obedient to obeying the Lord while we're in the earth. Because if God removes us, it leaves a huge vacuum, a huge vacuum, huge vacuum in what could have, should have, would have been or might have been what he wanted to do but i believe uh what this change brought with it was this opportunity and the enemy knows that when this happens it creates a void in the spirit a void in time that has to be contented over it's going to be contended why do you think the battle is so fierce right now why do you think every time thank you holy spirit why do you think every time we come into an election season we come into a place of high level contention Everything starts warring and ratcheting up. It's because you're you're warring for voids. You're warring for positions to be filled, right? With the right people, with kingdom or with darkness. And so it's really, really imperative that we know how to war during this season. And so the enemy is just as busy as we are to war over that void in time. And he knows he's, he's fighting to enter in as well. So if the vessel left behind, like we're seeing right now, is open to demonic forces, which is what happens when a leader passes away. Hopefully there's somebody there. They're leaving it in better uh, condition than they found it in. Hopefully, and that's the same as with any house. If you sell your home, if if your vessel moves on for a job, you uh, whatever you're doing, wherever you're moving from and to, you always want to leave the place better than you found it. You always do. 
it's the same. We, we dealt with this when we sold our house. Um, when we first moved uh, out of our last house that we were in. And what we learned, we prayed for Christians to buy the house. We prayed for the spirit to be filled with uh, the, the void there to be filled with godly people to buy that house. And so we were going to leave it better than we found it. And that's part of our jobs as leaders because they're all called to lead in some capacity. But to actually leave a place ready for the next part of kingdom to come in. Okay, so you want to leave it better than you found it. So this is what we're stepping into today. But if the vessel left behind is open to demonic forces, these forces can use that vessel for good or for evil. And so it's important to get your hearts cleaned up so that you're ready for kingdom to come in and use you so that you can be used to the fullest of God's capacity. But timing and position, I hate that when that happens. I am so sorry, guys. That's my camera. I don't know why it does that. Um, Timing and position, though, are important in this day and time, because just like it was important in Israel's day, it's important for us today to understand how God's using us and what season we're in. Okay, he, he, we have to know this because God is all about time as he's teaching us to keep time with him while he begins to blast his kingdom forth into the earth's atmospheres. There it goes again. I'm so sorry. But the moves us in, though, to Isaiah 12, 1 through 1432. And um. And it's talking about in this season, rain and how God, and we've already heard this prophesied by the prophets now. I don't know if you were listening to John Kilpatrick. He's got a phenomenal word there. Um, there are several other prophets that are talking about people are fixing to be God. Or let me say it like this. This is exact words. God showed me in my quiet time today. He said rain. He's talking about rain and how God is. He's raining down kingdom now as well as the glory, but God is beginning to cut down tall trees while building kingdom from a tiny shoot. That's what's happening in this hour, which means that for the disobedient, one of two things are happening. Either they've never known the Lord and they've been disqualified or they're just being disobedient. Hopefully they're just being disobedient. That's my prayer. Um, because you don't want to get disqualified. Your disobedience can get you disqualified. If you choose to do things your own way instead of doing things God's way. And so this is a critical hour that we're standing in right now. So that we don't get cut down. Do you understand? That's why we're not called to fight things, fight battles our own way anymore. If you stepped up into the higher things of kingdom, there's a different level of expectation there. There's a different set of rules and laws there in order for you to stay in that place. So, and this is also the place where Jesus had his humble beginning. And it was the time where David's family was in complete dishonor because of David's disobedience. Now, even David was imperfect. You know that, right? Obviously, we know his story. But God allowed his kingdom to prevail over the earthly powers that were in place at that time to help bring peace on earth so that the glory of God could cover the earth. Now, doesn't that sound like something that we're dealing with right now, with where we're at right now? God has got us in a time where he's readying his people for the glory, the latter rain, to where we're all hopefully being cleaned up if you're obedient and you're being ready for what he's trying to help you move into, which also um, is going to be leading you hopefully into your destiny if you've been obedient. That's the end result of that, we're hoping. But they're talking about the return and where it's talking about the humble root being the leader of an army, which included Jesus during his time and his true followers for the days that they lived in, where Jesus defeated the enemy's army and gathered his forces to help further the kingdom in the earth. He was gathering forces, and this is what I see happening in the earth right now, actually. What does that mean for us right now? I believe that this is a season where God and Jesus is defeating enemy foes and helping his people to be gathered back into their lands. Only for the obedient. For everybody who thinks they've got it all figured out and you're stuck underneath the apparatus of religion, you need not even listen because you're not even going to receive the message. And this is the half the problem with 85% of the body. I apologize. Um, and it's because so many people think that they're okay and they resent being told truth, that especially if they hold positions 
I'm here to tell you, I don't care how long you've been in the body. There's always room for improvement. I don't care. I'm always trying to become a better version of me. Hopefully always, always trying to do that with the Lord in our lives. But there's always room for improvement. And so the Lord was doing this while rallying those in the Gentile group who didn't know him as well. So they would see a better way of living. So he's, he's going after two people groups. Basically, he's going after the people who have been obedient with him and moving with him through time, moving with him um, into this new space and place. But also he's trying to go after the unbelievers. He's still trying to minister and evangelize the unbelievers because it, and how are they going to see him? How are they going to recognize him? If you're a servant of Lords of the Lords, right? By the way, because we have a world around us that's going absolutely crazy in the demonic because they haven't gotten free. They don't know to get free because they're not exposed to a kingdom living in the way that we do things here in the church. So how will they know unless you represent him well on the earth, right? And I'm not saying to be just super Christian because it's hard to be a Christian today. It's very hard to be a Christian today. It's hard to be a Christian with other Christians. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And, um, a matter of fact, I found it really, really interesting. You know, I'm just going to have to fix that when I get through. That is really an eyesore, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'll focus. But I really agreed with what John Kilpatrick was saying um, in that he was talking about how people in this day and time, they don't want to be around other people. It, it's because it's grown to be so difficult in dealing with other people. And that's why people don't want to go back to work after COVID because it's so stressful to be around other people unless you're around loving people. And if you're around loving people, I mean, you, you can't get enough of it. If you think about it, I don't know about you, but when I find a loving vessel, I'm like, Oh, finally a treasure chest in this dark place that we seem to live in right now. I mean, so it's a really, it's an interesting place that we find ourselves in right now, which is the place that the, the body of Christ is finding itself in right now. And if you're not in a healthy body, then I'm going to really, I'm going to encourage you to maybe pray about that. Pray about that because the body of Christ should be a hospital for people to get healed in. It should be a safe place for people to get healed in. It should be a place of correction for you to find out that maybe your spiritual heart condition isn't what you thought, but it also should be a place of purpose. That's what I find it should be. And it helps you in every other realm of your life, in every other season of your life. It should be that tool that you, it's like the tell-all, be-all tool for you in every other aspect of your life. Because if you're successful spiritually, everything happens by the spirit first, and then it manifests in the natural. But if you have a bad heart condition, then everything that's going on within your heart in a corrupt manner is bleeding out into every other area of your life. So you have to deal with these issues at some point. We all have to. So as we enter into C4, I call it C4, but it's Chamber 4 because it, people who don't always understand our conversation. We have Chamber 1, Chamber 2, Chamber 3, and Chamber 4. God has four chambers to his heart like you have four chambers to yours. And if you understand anything about moving through the seasons of God or the seasons of his heart, you understand the Chamber 4 is the highest spiritual season, and it's the last portion of God and of his finishing and his building up process that include the seven spirits within us, the seven spirits of God within us. Okay. It's the highest dimension of his heart. And it's the hardest part to step into to me because the lower dimensions, January 1 through April 30th are the lower dimensions of his heart. And those are basic. Uh, let me look it up here real quick. They're the basic aspects where you start to attain uh, let me see. Obedience, humility, submission, forgiveness, mercy, righteousness, and thanksgiving. But when you attain the newer, the higher levels of God's spirit, you start attaining, or you should be attaining if you're getting delivered, might and knowledge, counsel, understanding, wisdom, a higher fear of the Lord, because you're drawing closer to him. If you're moving and you're obeying him in past seasons but if you're not then we cannot expect god to bless us for our disobedience that's ridiculous he doesn't bless the disobedient so we're entering into the highest chamber of his heart and you should begin to experience much 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 more angelic activity this is actually my favorite season of the year it really is because of all the angelic activity 
and you start to sense it. Like as soon as September starts, you, I don't know about you, but I get real, real excited and I can sense the shift. I can sense the shift. I sensed it before Queen Elizabeth died. That was a different shift. This is a fall shift where I knew the season had changed. And I look forward to it every year because I look forward to all the angelic activity, which means I'm going to encourage you to keep a pad and paper beside your bed. If you have dreams and you wake up, God wakes you up, write your dream down. Go write your dream down. It's usually prophetic insight, first of all, for where God's taking you or what he's doing in and around you. Uh, but there's a plethora of angelic activity that's going on in this season. And so it's a really exciting season. But chamber four is also the final part, if you're in the human body, where the blood has to flow through the heart to return back to the rest of the body. And it's also the final place in the body where things can go wrong if a heart has heart failure. Did you know that? Things can go wrong in this chamber. And so spiritually, what does this mean for you? What this means for you is we enter into September through January. This means that chamber four is the place where the final battle of the year begins to take place, also known as the head of the year. But the head of the year is not actually the final battle. The final battle actually takes place after the head of the year, which is usually in October. And because this month is known as the head of the year on the 27th, I believe it is. But then we head into the final testing that happens between the serpent and the eagle. And what does that mean for you? That usually means that all the testings that you've gone through from January 1 through April 30th um, and all the deliverance, hopefully that you've gone through, you've been obedient, you've been going through mega deliverance from January through April 30th. And then you went through fire for another five months. You got tested heavily by witchcraft. And then you hopefully chose uh, Holy Ghost fire. You chose the mind of Christ. You came into higher level living, hopefully. And hopefully you went through a little bit more deliverance, even in the fire, because whatever didn't come off in January, went through April 30th was hopefully burned off. Hopefully it was seared off. God seared it off of us, singed our hair off. Um, that's what it felt like this year. But um, he uprooted everything that shouldn't have been there. And you're starting to feel a little bit more firepower, hopefully, right? Maybe. So it's the place where the final battle of the year begins to take place and we get to choose who we want as the master of our lives. Get that. Check that out. We get to choose. You get to choose. I can't choose for you. You can't choose for me. But it's a fight between the serpent and the eagle where all the tools that you've learned from last season are put into place to be tested and proven to see if you've mastered it as a vessel so that your spirit man can move into the next level. However, the key is, is that you can't serve two masters. That's the key to this test. You can't serve God and the flesh or yourself. You can't do that. You can't serve the devil. You have to choose this day whom you're going to serve. You're going to either continue to stay in your fleshly behaviors and continue serving yourself or the AKA the devil, which means you're wide open to being used by the devil. Or you're going to choose to change and be changed, which means you're going to have to take responsibility for a few things. You're going to have to own a few things. And maybe in last seasons that you weren't willing to own. And let me tell you where we're heading. Things are, if you've chosen to stay at the lower sides of the mountain, things are fixing to get tough on you. So God says, choose this day whom you're going to serve. Choose blessing or cursing. Choose life or death. He's telling us what's happening, what's coming. So if you haven't chosen to participate in the obedience program, then you're going to find yourself in a lurch. And so we each have to learn to submit to Christ at deeper levels as we move higher in the spirit. That's our choice. So the spiritual interpretation is in chamber four, then is the final chamber of our spirit man. As we move through, if our spirit hasn't gotten stagnant or stuck in another part of the heart in past seasons. Our spirit man's movement then is contingent upon our obedience and allowing God to free it from all of its iniquities, which allow God's flow to be freely seen within us. That's the power of God manifesting on you. Okay. Which can, if you're disobedient, your disobedience will hinder his spirit and hinder your spirit from becoming purified. 
which leaves him no place but to move on to the next vessel. It leaves him no choice. So he says, I, I, whom I've called, I qualify. If you disqualify yourself by being disobedient and not dealing with the heart condition or the different things that everybody around you has been telling you for years, hey, you might want to look at this. Hey, you're a little manipulative and controlling. Hey, you're operating in Jezebel. Hey, that's the Antichrist spirit. For, he's the, that's the lead front runner for the Antichrist spirit. Uh, uh, hey, you're bucking leadership. All these things that you think that don't matter, they matter to God. They really matter to God. And, and God's saying, you know, we're quickly approaching a time. See, it's all about time. It's all about time. And who you keep time with that determines your success in the future. And so if you look at the blood, just like the blood, when in part can cause heart problems, if it's left unchecked, the natural blood, the human blood can cause heart problems if it's not watched and not filtered correctly. So the only thing that can help us to move forward spiritually and understanding our our life spiritually then is understanding what helps us to move with God and stay with God, which helps us to understand time or understand why it's so important to keep time or why it's so important to what allows us to keep time, which is getting free. So you have to be able to understand the process then as you're trying to move throughout the season every year and why you've got to know where you are, and what each season does, what's important to focus on during that season, and how to navigate through those seasons. Because each season is tough. To me, it's getting tougher. Which, And I think it's part of the wearing out process. But the good news is, this is the best news of all. Because I, I don't know about you, but I thought about this when I kept looking at that diagram. And I'll show it to you. Let me see if I have it here real quick on here. I should still have it on here. And if not, I'll drop it in here. I'll drop it in again so you can see it. There you go. And I'll move it. If you look at this diagram, um, I looked at this and I thought, you know, God, we're here for however many years you've, you've given us and however many years we choose to stay. Because Psalms 23 says you don't have to leave until you're satisfied. Well, I'm not satisfied. But I looked at this diagram and I thought to myself, you know, that could really wear a person out if you really got to thinking about that and thinking about all the work they may have to do and and just trying to, you know, maintain. I'm going to take that off so it didn't distract. Oh, my other thing didn't come in. But, oh, yes, it is in there. Sorry. Um, but it could get really daunting if you look at it and you start thinking about all the work you've got to do. But the good news is this, is that every testing has an ending date. And so if you've chosen to obey the Lord, if you've gotten free and you continue to get free and you're moving into the fullness of time or the latter glory, chances are you're entering into your promised land, which means then all you have to know, you're moved, you've moved into that place of protection to where then you have to learn how to maintain the position. Adam and Eve didn't do so well. And it's hard. I'm going to tell you because the enemy hates you in that position. He doesn't want you in a power position. And so you've got to know what makes you sick then. You've got to be attentive to what gets in your garden. You've got to keep the snakes out of your garden. You've got to be able to to be a good overseer of your garden, which means it's important about who you are connected to because you become who you hang around. It's important what you watch. It's important what you listen to. And I'm going to tell you, it's not bad. Your life becomes simplified, but it's not a bad thing. Simplification is not a bad thing. As a young kid, I loved, I was a simple kid, believe it or not. I think I was eccentric, but I think that I was very simple in what made me joyful. And I think that's what God is getting us back to is being content in much or in little. So this is why it makes it all the more important for us to listen and obey the Lord in this season. And as we get more free in Christ, you're going to notice as he then brings us forward that as we begin to understand what's expected of us and what's what we're heading into. You're going to see the, as he begins to dry up the highways of stagnation for the obedient, as he makes a way for you to move out of the old and into the new, but you've got to understand what's held you back in past seasons. And so that you don't get caught up in this battle between the snake and the eagle, and you don't get tripped up at this last leg of the journey every year. You can't. Usually most people get tripped up in C2. 
Most people do because the fire is just too hot or they're not paying attention or they're not connected to the corporate anointing. They're not connected to the right people. It's all about who you're connected to, the roots and their fruits. If you have a healthy leader, if you have a healthy, a correcting, I'm not going to say like I'm going to tell all y'all because I'm not. Um, I've, I've go through deliverance every day. I went through it today with our team, but I, I roll up my sleeves right alongside of our team and we all go through together where it's a team effort. We're all going through towards a common goal. The goal is the glory. And if you have a common goal and you make your help your audience base, or I'll say your your church group, your family, your church family, you give them a common goal and you're saying, this is what we're going to work towards. We're working to get into the glory. Okay, just like when they, they I think it was the revival, it's towards revival. Well, what, then you seek the Lord. You ask the Lord, well, how do we get into the glory, God? Well, most likely he's going to tell you to get cleaned up. Most likely he's going to tell you to get into prayer. And you're going to be a furnace of prayer. You're going to become a really a praying group of people to where you're seeking him every day for however long, but you're honoring him every day and you're inviting him into your atmospheres every day. That's helping to develop teamwork. It's helping to develop a bond there in a unity mentality, but it's also showing honor towards the king to where he, he begins to take notice of you. He takes notice of the grouping that you're operating through. So, it also makes it more important for us to continue to listen to him. And we learn to let him lead every aspect of our lives. But the good news, this whole test too, there's two pits of good news here. I actually have good news today. It's not constantly um, where I'm telling you bad things. I'm so grateful. God gave me an encouraging word today. But the good news to this actually too, for those of you who have been obedient this season, the Lord's saying, when Israel left Egypt, I put them through a wilderness wandering test. And the good news for this group who's moving into the latter glory is that there is no wilderness wandering test for you. You're going, if you've been obedient and you've been faithful to get free, God says, I'm bringing you out of the old and into the new. That's where you're heading to. That's why the, that's why the fight has become so fierce. That's why the enemy is trying to use everything. He's throwing everything at God's people who are front runners, especially in the kitchen sink at them right now. If you notice, you've, I've never seen so many Christians attacking Christians in my life. And I'm thinking, wow, are you saved, man? Are you saved? And I don't want to have, that's a cliche, but it's the truth. Do you know Christ? Do you know love? But those are questions that are coming up in my mind for different people because you sense them by the spirit. You see them in the courts of heaven. And it's like, if you don't think God sees you, you must think I don't see you because he shows you to me. But I mean, he's trying to get your attention and he's trying to be polite in this mercy season before he has to render judgment. Hello, we're in a season of judgment. And so he's trying to get us aligned and he's giving us an opportunity before he has to judge you. If you're continuing to operate in these things, when it happens, I'm just going to warn you, you have nobody. If you're choosing to do this, you have nobody but yourself to blame. If you've chosen to behave like this, because God is a God of order. He's a God of justice. He has to, uh, he has to obey his own word. He is the word. So he can't deny himself. The spirit can't deny the spirit. You understand that? That's why when Jesus and you praise to God around you, God cannot deny himself. Okay. So he can't deny himself in the word. That's why it's imperative that we keep it. So there will be no wilderness wondering testings. You get to move right on through, which is why the devil hates you. And he's being used so strongly on the less mature vessels around you to try to hold you back. Because he knows that if you hit your promised land blessings, especially if you're a front runner, that's your main objective, frontrunner. Then everybody has the chance of breaking through right behind you. Okay? So there's a place that comes then where Jesus was teaching Israel this. And they had a little bit different circumstances because their testings were different. But they did hit a place where they had an opportunity to rejoice. And rejoicing is for those who have been obedient. And they've, become, they've learned to worship their way through. That's really key right now. They learn to worship and give thanks to the Lord for delivering them. When they start to understand that deliverance is so key for a heart to understand promise and to understand destiny. You understand that? If you are polluted with all this other stuff in your bloodline, your perceptions are going to be polluted. You're not going to have good eyesight. You're not going to have clear vision or clear giftings. So the enemy loves you to stay stuck there because then he, that's just one less person that'll make it into God's army. You understand? 
So it's up to us then to try to be practical about our walks and realize, okay, what are you asking me to do? I don't know about you, but I'm a very literal person. Just tell me what to do, God. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Don't let me, don't make me read between the lines. Don't let me read all the spiritual mumbo jumbo. I can discern things, but just tell me. And I'll ask him that every time, every day in my quiet time, we spend about five hours alone together. And it's like, just tell me what you want me to do today. Perfect. Let's go do it. Boom. Let's go. Boom. Shakalaka. It's simple. I'm a simple person. I don't need all the convolutedness. And I believe that's what he's doing in this hour for people who are willing to listen because he's, he's saying, all you have to do is ask, ask, and it'll be given. If any of you lack wisdom, ask, ask. But once a vessel is delivered, you're going to start understanding and see, seeing the purpose and the need for future deliverance and the immense qualities that deliverance provides for a heart as they pursue God's ways in the future and how essential deliverance is. That's the, that's the word to me of the hour is deliverance. And not because I'm a deliverance minister, it's because the Lord of my life, um, I've just seen his ways and what helped me. I've seen the patterns of God's ways and I've seen what's helped me advance quickly. He showed me this when I was in college, by the way, he showed me this in my learning. I see patterns. That's what he's shown me in my giftings. I just have this capacity to see patterns. I see the patterns and help me to recognize God's heart to help me to recognize where I was at. I see patterns, um, in learning. I see patterns in the way that people do things. I see patterns in the church. That's just a part of my gift. So when I saw the pattern, I started asking myself questions. Now, why would God want people to, why is he putting this repetition in here like this? So he's obviously trying to get us to learn something. He's trying to get us to see something. So I started taking notice every year because I recognize the same patterns every year. And nobody, nobody had answers, by the way. I, I was always reliant upon God the Father. There were no mentors. I found mentors who had, similar callings, but they didn't understand where I was coming from. And so, but then we found out that our callings connected and I was just like, okay, so thank God for you. I was thinking, thank God for you. I found somebody who's just quirky as me, but the patterns were what we've been noticing the last 20 years and where God's been trying to get us to see how to stay in time, to see how to move into uh, being or becoming, thank you, Holy Spirit, to becoming a part of his army. So thank you, Holy Spirit. God showed me, and I have the, it's in my book, by the way, fragmented. Let me see if I can pull that out here for you. Um, I don't think I have it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You can get it in this book. Um, this is my book where I have the diagrams about, and it talks about what happened to society and how society um, was traumatized by witchcraft. And actually, the Lord had me write my dissertation on fragmentation. Um, and, and and it was based on my life journey and about my life experience. And so I didn't even have any clue that God was teaching me about the heart. Hey, James, he was teaching me about his heart. And he was teaching me because he was talking about, about the gift of love. And he was talking to me about um, how there are certain people in the earth. Not everybody has been given the gift of love. Some are given the gift of joy. Others faith. Very few are given the gift of love. And so it was really hard to find people I connected with because people seemed so stagnant or so cold, so cold. And I didn't understand the mindsets. I didn't understand their mindset. You can get that on Amazon if you want to grab it, by the way, or on my website, Ezekielswell.com. Take that off to keep you focused. But um, the Lord had me write that book because of all the patterns that I noticed. And in the book, I talk about a vision during the time that God was teaching me about all these patterns where he gave me this vision of Jesus standing there, and I drew it in a diagram in my book, where he's standing there with his wings extended as an angel of the Lord. And a third of their wings, of his wings, were clipped out. And I said, I go, hey, God, why are your wings broken? I was like, I was asking him at that time. I said, why, why is your right arm broken, your right, right wing broken? And he said, that's the third of the angels that fell. And he said, but you want to know who's going to re- replace them? And I was like, sure, I want to know. And he said, you, you, my fivefold ministers who are willing to get free and come up higher in me because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And then he started showing me the process and the patterns of how a vessel matures. This is like 20, 25 years ago. This happened. I've still got the, I've, I've got to go check the book out. But um, he started showing me the maturity process and the fight between good and evil. 
And it was all a battle of the mind and how the enemy's always vying for the mind. And, and it's contingent about the gates, about the gates of the heart. And then the Lord gave me, he'd already given me the vision uh, 10 years prior of walking in heaven. And he told me, because I'm going to use you to help bring the glory and the love back. That was my that was my beginning of my journey into stepping into destiny for my life. And so he gave me a whole big, huge key set with thousands of keys. And every one of them had proven to be true in helping us to get out of the old and into the new. And he's faithful. He's so faithful. But I've honestly never seen, and I'll be honest about this, I have never seen people, and I started seeing the patterns in the body of Christ and people coveting power. They wanted power, but they weren't willing to do what God told them to get on their own in order to get it. So I see people vying for power and God's like, why would I pour myself into you when you can't even manage where you're standing? Why would I do that when you run off your mouth like a waterfall and you curse people left and right? When you abuse your fivefold giftings, why would I add myself more as a more of a power source to your vessel? When you don't even learn how to treat the sheep correctly, you don't correct them. You reject them. You make yourself unavailable. I mean, there are different things that I'm seeing him say. And, and I was like, wow. And, and there are different things that I've even had to go through because I did not ask to stand here. <laughs> I did not. Hello. Good afternoon, everybody. But I learned in that process. I got thrust into this new place. I was in a different place. I've told you about it. But I started seeing the pattern for the new army that God was raising up and he was building. And, and the Lord wants you to know in this season, if you're a front runner, you're indestructible and you're undefeatable. The Lord wants the enemy to know that right off the bat. My front runners are in, my true front runners that abide near my heart. They're standard bearers for my heart. They're armor bearers. The Lord says, don't touch them. Do not touch them because if you do, you're touching me. I've made them indestructible and undefeatable as I will never place another vessel into the earth like them. That's why my spirit is so strong on them. It's because of my presence in their life that I birthed into them from birth. But these vessels are carrying a love gift to help bring back the glory and the fullness of time to where everything can be made new. So that all hearts might have the chance to choose whom they're going to serve. Lord says, how will you know the way in which you're to walk unless I place a standard before you? And yet many of you try to tell my people, you try to tell my front runners, no, you need to do it this way. No, you're not like me. You need to do it that way. The Lord says, how do you know what I've told them? You're not me. The Lord says, I'm tired of everybody trying to tell my people what to do when you haven't even done what I've asked you to do. But God's making a way out of no way so that humanity can have a better tomorrow. And he's bringing in, uh, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. He said to, to please note and tell you. <laughs> okay, Lord, I'll tell him. Please note and tell you that the biggest spiritual hindrances that will keep you out of the higher levels of kingdom in this hour, and he said this to me three times this month, by the way, is haughtiness, pride, vanity, vengefulness, bitterness, anger, or trying to fight your own battles. And that's just a few. We dealt with them all. The Lord is having us all deal with them right now in our teams because we realize in order to come closer to him, we have to get free. We have to get free in order to be seen and, and be able to abide in him so he can abide in us. And so <clears throat> the Lord's saying, trying to fight your own battles it's going to be fruitless in this hour because you don't know how the enemy is using people against you, says the Lord. You don't know who's who. But the Lord says, I do. I know who's who. I know their heart conditions. And I know for hearts to who choose to stay behind. Now, this is for you that have chosen to stay behind in contraction point two or chamber two. Um under the apparatus of religion, for those of you who thought it was safer to stay where you were at, oh no, I'm going to stay and do exactly what I've always been doing because that's always been the safe place. It's like the crabs all stuck in the pot together and the one that tries to get out, they're like, no, no, stay here with me. So they all start praying witchcraft prayers over that people because they're like, no, no, because if you stay here with me, that means two wrongs make a right. And that means I don't have to deal with my heart condition and I don't have to change. So no, I don't want you moving out ahead of me because that means I have to deal with me. God's saying, no. No, you're going to have to deal with yourself anyway. 
because you're going to be getting left behind. So this is out. This is coming out to you. The Lord says, if you have chosen to stay behind in this season, this is a warning for people who have chosen to stay the same. Lord says you're going to begin to become hardened because of the demonic attacks and the increase of those attacks coming against you, which is going to make make it impossible for new seed to come into your heart and be planted so that it can take root to change you, which is going to make you have to do double the work. This is why God told, told his people, when you move forward, you never look back. It's all about who you're connected to in this hour, their roots and their fruits. And the Lord's saying, do ask yourself. I was just told this again last night by one of my mentors. Do ask yourself, should, this, should these people be in my life? Should this person be in my life in this season? Do ask yourself that because it's all about who you're connected to their roots and their fruits. And if you're sensing a check about people in your spirit, do listen to that. Do listen to that. Do pray about the people who put hands on you, lay hands on you, whether it's your doctors, whether it's uh, leaders, do pray about that. Because I was, who was it? Mama Jenkins. Have you ever heard about Mama Jenkins? I think it was Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth and Gloria Copeland were talking about this woman named Mama Jenkins. And Mama Jenkins was highly anointed by God. Like this woman had such a healing anointing. She was used to lay hands on conjoined twins and they separated. But she was like Smith Wigglesworth. And I think she lived to be 102 years old. But her gifting and the power of God was so strong on her vessel that she couldn't go just anywhere and perform the miracle. She couldn't go really out in public a lot because the power was so great on her vessel and it would freak people out, especially during that time. They weren't used to seeing anything. They would think she was a freak of, of nature and, and they would think it was witchcraft. And she's like, no, it's God. It's totally God. But she made the statement one time. She said, you know, I don't let just anybody touch me. I don't let just anybody hug me because some people come wrapped as snakes in a blanket. Do take care of who you let pray and lay hands on you and minister to you and uh, care for you. Do pay attention to that. So God said that things will become more difficult for them because these people who've chosen to stay behind have chosen to go back under the curse instead of coming forth into life. God says, choose life, not death. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. God came to bring us life and to bring it in abundance. When you go backwards and you lose that battle between the serpent and the eagle, you're choosing to go back to Egypt. You're choosing to go back to your old ways. You're choosing to stay stuck. This is why it's so imperative for us to keep going. And and it's imperative too, by the way. I told you on Friday, the key thing the enemy's using, I'm going to give you a key to passing this test. The key thing he's using in this hour, this is the occult, they're using, they're trying to make you spiritually tired, mentally tired, physically tired, and emotionally tired. They're releasing spells, write that down, they're releasing spells against you, witchcraft laws against you, layered, structured, written, spoken, frontwards or backwards, you need all that on there, and witchcraft systems against you. You don't have to know what their names are, you can go look it up, I've been into the enemy's camp a million times. Um, and that's what I'm learning. But um, you'll ask the Lord to identify all the words, the spells, um, the systems, and the laws that they've used against your spiritual strength, physical strength, mental strength, and emotional strength. And ask him to break them off. You want to know why? Matter of fact, let's do that right now. Let's do that right now. I feel like I'll be coming before you right now. And I thank you so much that you are so faithful to finish what you start. Father, with Luke 10, 19, we take authority over all uh, the words, layered, structured, written, spoken, frontwards or backwards. All the types of word structures, spell structures, law structures, anything that's been released onto the energy or the, the strength of their spirit, of these people's spirit. And Father, if you didn't speak these things, let them fall to the ground. Limitations 3, 37, 38, nullified. 1 Corinthians 1, 19, dissolved. James 4, 14, rendered useless. Habakkuk 1, 3 through 4. And so Father, we thank you right now that you are helping your people to step out of the old into the new. I ask you for Isaiah 40, 31 to come through and that you would start helping to strengthen them as they step into you. John 10, 7. 
Father, any type of uh, weapons that have been released against me today, Father, we bless them with 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Father, we bless the head, the hands, the feet, and the mouth of the people speaking them from today back to Adam and Eve. We bless every weapon, every word, Father God. And we ask you, Father, to restore John 21. Bless these people, Father, who are stuck in some level. Bless them because they don't know what they're doing. So, Father, we thank you right now um, as we step into the last part of this teaching that you'd finish up with me. But the Lord said that even in the end times, even the elect would be deceived. Do you not seeing, do you not agree that we're seeing big leaders become like they're acting like they're, they're crazy? Um, some of them are being deceived. Pardon me. They've been stuck in past seasons. They've gotten stuck. So we're beginning to see the blind leading the blind as many become led astray. And all because they chose to do things their own way instead of the way of Yahweh. Which leads us to 2 Corinthians 13, 1-14, where there are different kinds of people in the church. There are three people groups, and I've got to wrap this up really fast in about seven minutes. There's the disobedient, there's the disqualified, and there's the devoted. That's the three people groups. The disobedient, and God's saying, why would God's people want to disobey him? That's that's. I wonder that too. But because of their disobedience, not only did they create problems for Paul or the leaders of today, the disobedient do that today, they create issues for God. Because when leaders or sheep don't do what God asked them, he then has to get involved and deal with it. And this doesn't even speak about the problems they create for their church because all it takes is a little bit of leaven to spoil a whole vine. All it takes is one disobedient vessel to bring down a church. Or open that church up to demonic entities like Jezebel, Ahab, Athaliah. And if a church or if a church leader refuses to correct them, the problem is that then they've opened up the whole congregation to the whole uh, the whole hordes of hell to come in and start polluting them. And the problem with this, what's created that is that we have leaders who haven't been taught how to correct the sheep correctly. And that doesn't mean you're called to baby them with milk toast all the time. That doesn't mean that all the time. And I know that my words have been terse here and there too, because I'm a double truth person, so I can't help but be who I am. But when I see people not being corrected and I see other people suffering at the hands of people who are just belligerent and bullies, I have a huge problem with that. I mean, and that's not a tolerance issue or an impatience issue. It's just, I, I despise it absolutely despise it. And sometimes it's like you want to take them out to the woodshed with a baseball bat and a blanket. No kidding. It's like, yeah, we'll help you figure this out real quick. Because <laughs> anyway, hey guys, good afternoon. But yeah, and it's also why the church lost its power and it's anointing. You're 100% correct, Susan Berger. So let's move into the disqualified. The disqualified describes some church members who have never been born again. They're completely disqualified. They think they sit in a chew in, in a chew. They sit in a chew. <laughs> they sit in a pew every Sunday. They sit in a pew every Sunday, but they've never been born again. Therefore, the Lord says, how will you know my people by my love? Therefore, they're cold. They're sterile. Uh, they have this plastic sense of Christianity. They wear a mask. They try to be who they think God is instead of who God reveals himself to be. And only the Lord can reveal himself to a heart. Only the Lord can show you who he is. And that comes from a personal relationship with him when you know him. And so when you spend time with somebody, you get to know them, right? But if they don't know him, then why would he talk to them? He, they hear a version of him through their pastors, through their speakers, but they're not relating with him like he wants to relate with them. And so they become disqualified. And it, and it describes the problems and how they create problems and stay underneath the apparatus of religion because and staying, check this out, and staying underneath this demonic apparatus, they never have to change or be changed and, there, and therefore can continue to live selfishly as they choose. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy to me. Um, and it never considers whose lives they're harming in the process. And so it ultimately leads to his judgment. God promises that it's in his word. He has to follow through. So that leads me to the devoted. Um, and these are the true believers. These are the set apart ones in the Lord, the ones who love one another, who are authentically themselves, and they understand what true love is. 
These are the mature ones in the fellowship. They're the ones who whose gifts flow freely, the ones who you usually flock to because you think that they've got it all figured out because they've been obedient in past seasons. When in reality, all they did was get free. They kept their hearts pure. They kept their lives clean. So God can use that vessel to flow through. They, there's God can't be where sin is. So he has to purify a vessel in order to make room for himself. But if you're not willing to participate, then he has to go to the next vessel. So have you ever wondered, though, why religious people, those wearing a mask, who they get so angry at those who are free? Have you ever wondered that? It's usually because they're envious or jealous. Because they want what you have, but they're not willing to go through to get what you've got. So to that, I'll have to ask you, which group do you belong? Can you differentiate that today? Because if you can, if you can say, well, I'm kind of here, I'm kind of there. I'm not really sure. There's only two real groups here that are really following the Lord. You're either in disobedience or you're devoted. The rest of them, they're disqualified. They're not God's. And it's usually that group of people who don't get their prayers answered, by the way, or they're disobedient that don't get their prayers answered. But Paul had warned them that he would give them all the proof that they needed. He was talking to the church of Corinth. He would give them all the proof that they needed to know that God indeed flowed through him. He had to deal with these same things in his own life. It, this is nothing new. This is so not new. Everything repeats itself. It's a pattern. And so he did it by displaying God's power on his vessel at the directives of God. He only did what he heard and saw his father pray and say. And he was just like Jesus. Jesus said this. He said, if you I only pray what I hear my father praying and saying. And if you want to get your prayers answered, only say and pray what God says. Because God is only obligated to answer his own spirit from within us. He doesn't answer. Well, I have to back up on that. I believe that God will um, listen to an immature vessel and he'll hear the cries of our flesh in our attempt to stand up. It's part of being a baby, a baby in Christ. But usually he then calls us to the place of maturity and he's calling us out of the old and into the new. He said, when I was a child, I acted as a child. But now that I become a man or woman of God, we're putting away all childlike ways, which is where the body stands right now. And this is the place where we must test ourselves to see that Jesus is amongst us. Because if people can't see Jesus' power in your vessel, then you failed the test. Which means you're not approved by God. Our responsibility then in Christ is to never oppose the truth, but to stand in the truth at all times, even when the truth points back to our own bad heart conditions. Because it's the truth that sets us free so that we might be free indeed. Which brings us to Psalms 57, 1 through 11. As we begin to wrap this up today, and I'm going to run through this in about one minute. And it talks about cave psalms. Have you ever found yourself in a cave? Do you feel like you're in a cave right now? You're in a cave. And Warren Willsby, Warren Willsby, (laughs) I'm going to side source him. He said your cave might be a fierce battle, a sick room a difficult marriage, or even a difficult place of ministry, or a very, very hard part in your journey. But if you do what David did in his cave, you actually might see peace and victory. You see, remember at the beginning of our conversation, I was talking to you about what God's trying to teach us as intercessors and frontrunners. He's, he's trying to teach us to be content in much and content in little, and to come out of our feelings, get, get out of our flesh, to where the flesh stops ruling us. So that we actually are able to stand with Christ in his spirit and see and look at situations like he sees them, sees and looks at them. Wow, I'm disappearing here. You see that? (laughs) Oh, it's irritating. And I don't like that. I'm going to fix that as soon as I get off here today. That is so annoying. Forget it. I'll stay on task. But in this season where the testing seem long, Lord says, how are you taking your test? Are you staying flesh bound? Or are you asking God how to pass the test to where you stop staying stuck in a bad heart condition? Because this season is the beginning of the crescendo of the glory as it comes into our atmospheres. But God can't come into an atmosphere polluted by sin or or a warped and bad heart condition. He can't. And God will not endue the heart with power 
in its disobedience because God doesn't bless the disobedient. He blesses the faithful. But God is after helping us to develop a holy of holies experience like he did with David. And regardless of the nets or the pits that the enemy laid for David, it did it, it, did it really look like, if I can speak, did it really look like the enemy kept him from destiny? That's what I'm trying to say. Just get it out. Just get it out. No. <laughs> but God, he wanted us to know if we trust him during the cave experience, if we trust him during the test, he uses it all for our good. That's why you have to rely on and do only what you see God do the higher you go. There are higher spiritual laws there. You have to obey the Lord. He has to be faithful. He cannot deny himself. So it's during these times that David found himself and that he was charged to keep the faith, to stay on track and to allow God to finish his hard work so he can move into his future. So worship, gratitude, and praising God were all keys during the tough times. And they were the ticket to passing this test. Proverbs 23, 9 through 11, as we wrap up today, where it says, Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he'll despise the wisdom of your words. Remove not the old landmark, and enter not into the field of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is mighty, and he shall plead their cause with thee. Are you encouraged today? I was encouraged when I got that. I mean, God's been telling us, if, if you're following and tracking with us, we do this every Tuesday and Thursday, but if you're tracking and hopefully spending time with him on your own, you're getting a word for every day and you almost need a word. And it's fresh manna. It is. It's fresh manna every day to show you the way in which you should walk. And so if you're tracking with him every day, you should be encouraged getting what you've needed for that day. You've learned to be content in much and in little. So you're not looking about tomorrow. You're not looking at tomorrow. You're not trying to make plans and worry about what's in tomorrow. God's got it covered. He's trying to show us ultimately that he's got it all covered. We don't have to worry about it. If you'll just focus and do what he's telling you to do right here, right now, so he can bring in the new you. Okay. With that, guys, I hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Uh, if you liked what you heard today, please go over to Ezekiel'sWell.org. You can join us. You can join this group at EzekielSwell.org. You have to be a front runner. Got to have the grace to do it. Uh, we'd like to meet with you to get to know you. And it's really just more for the stance of where we're at as a ministry. We are eventually going to open it up to the public. We've been talking about it. Um, we just got a prophetic word last night where God said, no, it's not the time yet. Wait. So we're waiting on God. We're waiting on God. We want to open it up. But deliverance ministry is a whole lot different um, because our ministry is very, very, uh, we do multiple things while we're, um, having you as a member here, we take you through extensive, you can ask anybody, extensive deliverance, and you get instant results. And I don't mean that arrogantly. It's just the way God shows up here. And and I don't know why he does. He just does. But then we train you to be a high-powered intercessor. And so if you're interested, email us at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. Um, and we'd love to work with you. We'd love to teach you how uh, what God's got in store for you and teach you how to do what God's taught us to do. So with that, Go have yourself a great Tuesday. And I'm going to look forward to seeing you on Friday. Until then. Maybe that damn circle won't be there then. Bye.